Matt LaFleur could coach a summer Olympics, Olympic sport, which would it be? Badminton. Huge shuttlecock fan for Matt LaFleur. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at Steve Diddy. NFL. At Steve Diddy nice. NFL on Twitter. Thank you. I'm back. That was nice. Uh, yeah, feel a bit ropey. Anyway, I'm on with the, as we all know, the shuttlecock connoisseur himself, at Daryl J. O'Brien. Do you like shuttlecocks, Daryl? I uh, I do. I love. Actually, I, I went down the rabbit hole one day and um, looked at a YouTube video as to how shuttlecocks are made. And it's actually pretty fascinating. Anyway, look, um, I think we have to start. We always start with some preamble, but uh, listen to this. Uh, he went through an off season or a, a season last year without, uh, uh, you know, his sweetie. She- sweetie! Hold on. Uh, he sweetie. went through an off season or a, a season last year without, uh, uh, you know, his sweetie. She- his sweetie. What are your favorite sweeties growing up, Daryl? Well, you see, I just wish to stop with the DT thing, guys. I, I don't like to take the piss out of people's accents, and we are not ones to throw stones. We are not ones to throw stones. We'd, we'd almost throw 33 stones. But just pronounce pronounce your T's. Sweetie. Yeah. And well, the other thing is Liberty Mutual. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Just don't bother with a T. Just put a D in. Mm. Take the T out. Liberty Mutual. I knew a guy from Ireland who used to like overpronounce his lack of TH when he tried to be sophisticated. So he goes, I think, right, that what we yeah. need to do. And you're like going, okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just even worse, mate. Sense. You just made it worse. Or, or the English pronunciation of a TH being an F. Hello, mate. Can I have free Guinness? And you're going, oh, you've got to pay what for it. What are you no thinking? Free, no, free, yeah. no free Guinness in here. We're all flawed. We're all flawed is what we're saying. So I didn't know sweetie was a thing, but what were your favorite sweets um, growing up there? What what do you remember? It was laser bar. That thing would rip your No, I hated hated laser bars. That was that sort of really hard toffee bar with white, well, I was going to say white chocolate, but it's not. Actually, you know, this is what we should probably open this up to the floor because the nostalgia factor Mm. of going back to the 80s and 90s, and I mean, we're old, so this is why we're going with this. But uh, do do you remember those crisps we used to get that were like 10p? And they were a 5p. They were 5p. I remember the chocolate cigarettes, which was... Yeah. (laughs) Gold Road model. Yeah, Yeah. it's like... Pretty, uh... Pretty uh, cigarettes? No, they're chocolate. Oh, that's okay then for the youth. Oh, that's fine then. Just pretend to smoke those. Uh, Yeah, so... Do you remember as fruit salads? Desperate Dan bars? Yeah, I think kind of still around. Is there stuff that isn't around anymore? I know they used to... Like, I remember they used to have... What was it? A 10 penny bag? Be when pennies were a thing. Yeah, but when you used to get 12 in it, you're going, I'm I'm a king. Yeah. I'm a king amongst men. But then there was the fancy sweets that you used to get... You have to pay by weight. Oh, yeah. The likes of those... Uh, those apple drops. Oh God, they must have clove, made a killing. Clove drops. Clo- See, that's the thing of the devil right there. That's Speaking of sweeties, that's uh, it's not my fave. Sweetie. It's not my fave. Look, uh, there's a lot going on in the off season, I guess. But what we have to do is what we have to caveat. And I think this was kind of driven home for me anyway, Daryl, in the Preston Smith presser. Because yeah. here's, here's a guy who took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, the media are talking to him. He was seen as having poor play the last time uh, last year after a dynamite year the year before and people wondered what happened and he contextualized it he's a real straight talking guy almost sarcastic uh, the way he talks like I wouldn't like to be on the on the wrong side of him that's for sure but he was saying like look Kyler Fackrell took an awful lot of that slack and dropped into coverage Um, so in that regard you 
can't really judge his play based on his ability because he did what he asked to do and he said he's a team first guy similarly mm-hmm. pre-season you can't look into that too much because they're trying to install schemes and plays and this that, and the other similarly in training camp you can't look too much into performance there either because they either have pads on or don't have pads on we saw Preston Smith again come out in his presser and say that what is it the all team T Americans or something like that where he's talking like everyone looks sexy in a t-shirt and that they're skilled and talented but once you put the pads on you can do a bit more but you still can't hit the quarterback and they're still installing stuff and it's not the offense going up against the defense they're all just doing different things so it doesn't exactly uh, gel that way um, anything caught your eye in particular then about this sort of training camp that is of value well I think what, what catches me is well what catches and the thing I look out for and be it right or be it wrong I think you've already mentioned it is a lot of the talk is how they played and Rogers throws this into the net from a million yards out and he does it with his hands behind his back and he, you know all this sort of stuff and it looks amazing and everyone looks really fit of course they will they're they're going they're not even going at 20 percent here this is not full tilt I'm more interested as to to trying to find that thread the common thread through all the comments that come through when they're all asked to talk because to be fair a lot of these guys are not media whiz kids as much as they'd like to think they are yeah you know they're not they're not like rogers they're not like lafleur who basically and very much as well like Goody. It's not what he says, it's what he doesn't say. Whereas the rest of them, they're quite candid. You can they, catch them especially and they will say Tara. things. What is it? I mean, is it post-COVID or something? Because pre- every like, if people haven't seen some of them, because some of the pressers are a complete mm-hmm. snooze fest, but they're yeah. a Preston Smith candid. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is fantastic. He seemed yeah. really calm. Yeah. Matt LaFleur yeah. to me as well. And, and again, uh, if I may... Uh, if I may language the edit amazing Um, so him flawless but he seems more confident in front of the I don't know whether he's got to know the reporters whether he's happy in that role now being the centre of attention there but pretty much all of the pressers Gudekunst is is Gudekunst he doesn't give a whole lot away but everybody else there has been pretty enlightening like Mercedes Lewis you know the whole gamut of of lads have been great well I don't have I don't have the the date we recorded this one or the date we put this pot out but you mentioned it it's going on a year ago now the floor was it was only the floor was only in he only had his legs under the desk a couple of you know a mm. couple of months and you said it that he's going to be cagey because let's face it these guys come into these positions and especially where they haven't held a you know top dog position before if they've they don't they don't pay as much attention to their bosses speaking in public as they probably should because yeah. they don't realize it's going to come to them but i find a lot of them look at the media as almost bit cagey bit they think they're trying to trip them up every time they ask them a simple question. So they never reveal their hand. And I think LeFleur definitely did that. He definitely had a, a standoffish persona at the beginning where he'd talk an awful lot and say nothing. I have a feeling now he's gotten, as you say, he's gotten a lot more confident because I think he knows these guys are actually not trying to trip him up. Yeah. And to be fair, you get to know the, the guys that are and you get to know the guys that are fishing for something. And I think he's more confident because he knows who he's talking to now. He's just comfortable. And I mean, here's an example of one of the comments where in days of your like for instance even that that initial clip of like oh Matt LaFleur Matt LaFleur big shuttlecock fan that was put up by the Packers media it was also subtitled so it's not as if it got in by accident they actually designed the video they're having a bit more fun but here's Randall Cobb speaking and he tried to sort of retract and dampen it a a little bit but this was just brilliant I can breathe again uh you know I'm I've I've seen the other side (laughs) <laughs> and I'm excited to be back here, and I, I'm excited. I, I'm smiling. It's funny. My teammates say, "You act like you just got out of prison." I said, "Well, <laughs> you know." How amazing! Like he just—he seems like yeah. a man who's traumatized, there, doesn't he? 
Yeah, uh, he didn't want to go, and then I think you know the thing he didn't really want to go, and then he ended up somewhere he didn't want to be, and he was looking down the barrel of what two year, two years of this, mm. and I, I mean, I'm delighted for him. And again, that's not that's not put on. This is not a guy who like put it this way. He's he's never going back from whence he came with comments like that. So yeah. it's a case of you know he's telling the truth because this would damage his career. You know, the end of his career where he to say something. And try and think. Actually, I don't mean this. You know, he's not. He's not being calculating. He's not coming up no. with something to say to. You know, the way these guys do that. They're all of a sudden they're playing for Scunthorpe, and they go, "I've always wanted to play for Scunthorpe since I was a little boy." You know, you know okay, forty-two-year-old yeah. football player who used to play for Tottenham. Yeah, you've but, played um, for twelve other clubs, mate. This is not the pinnacle of your career. Uh, but it's that sort of thing. If he's not putting it on, he's not saying it for the journals. No, so. but Dara, look, this is what sort of strikes me about all of every single presser that's come up. The, the belief really is is that this team has what it takes to go to full hog because Cobb goes on to say, you know, he's on a championship contender. He doesn't give a damn about what role he plays because they said to him, like, how is his position now going to impact the young guys who are coming through? Because they said to him, Goody even said that the only reason he's there, which, like, great, like, you know, congratulations reporters because they're after turning around yeah. and literally saying oh yeah by the way you're only here for A-Rod so he wouldn't have signed you otherwise and the goody said yeah kind of but like you know it's kind of like don't what you're saying it to his face um, yeah. so look he knows that he's on a championship contender he knows the importance of that chemistry they asked him would he take plays away from the younger guys like Amari Rogers was supposed to come in and this is what I have to laugh mm. about right people are like why didn't we take a receiver in the draft and then they look at the Cobb thing and go, oh, yeah, well, we took Amari Rogers, but like we all know first team wide receivers aren't ready. And you're like, going, oh, like if you're one piece yeah. away oh, and your your philosophy is no. that you need a receiver now, yeah. but then you also say on the other side of your face, you know, they don't work out straight away. Um, but before I move away from that, because there's, there's a lot to talk about, you know, those things like, oh, tell me you've got a boyfriend without telling me you've got a boyfriend. Here's one for Randall Cobb. Tell me you're a dad without telling me you're a dad. You mentioned that you and Aaron had discussed this possibility throughout some parts of the offseason. When did you know? Well, how did you find out? When, 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 how did you find out this is actually happening? Uh, well, I was taking a nap. And <laughs> I mean, just, go. he's dadding 101 right there. Tell me your dad without telling me your dad. Well, I was taking a nap, and uh, that's what happens. Yeah. He's got two young kids. Um, but, Daryl, if I may, and I know this is sort of... Um, you know, this is this is sting heavy, this podcast, I guess, because there's just so much to do. Let's listen to just what um, Preston said about that team belief. Hey, Matt, we talk, discussed some of Jordan's deep balls today. Sorry, wrong drop there. Hold on, cut it out. Preston, why was it important to stay, though? I mean, you know, some guys, their ego would have gotten in the way and said, hey, I'm not taking a big cut to stay here or restructure or however you want to view it. What, why was it important for you to, to do that? Um, it came so close. This past year and each year, you know, the year before, you know, we've been in two NFC championships, just as far as I've ever been in my career, and I've been there twice, and you know, in back-to-back -back years. Uh, I believe in what we got going on around here. You know, it's a lot of great guys. Um, a lot of guys returned, majority everybody returned, and it's always great, to, you know, everybody here believes the same thing. We can do it. We have a chance to do it. You know, we came close twice, and last year, you know, I, I don't make the calls, but, you know, we had a chance to, to be in the big show. And we know once we fix those little things, like we did week in and week out, and you know from the year before, we we could possibly be in a big dance. 
What does it mean, Daryl? I mean, so many players, you know, there was the criticism there that Goody was messing everything up and blah, blah, blah. But what we've always said from the start of it is, and again, not being front office friendly, I'm just actually wondering that Gudekun seemed to focus on good character guys, getting the right character and right balance in the locker room. He seemed to hit a home run with the Smiths because when they first came uh-huh. in, you know, they were a real presence. Daryl... <laughs> Is this team, they clearly all believe it. I mean, Cobb is saying it. Uh, everyone who's hit the podium has said it, that they truly believe that they went all in and that they're they're good to go. Is that deliberate by Gudekunst? Is this proof that he's done a good job or are they united in spite of him for some reason, you know, that know. they don't agree either with one, Either way, I'll take it, uh, regardless if the upshot is. And what, I'll tell you, before we even talk about that is, and I wanted to know, and we're going to move on to it, I suppose, in a bit as to how's the defense going. But a couple of the comments, and and you know, Preston hit on it there, where he said we've changed small things. Mm. Um, because at the end of last season, a lot of people were banging on as if everything needed to be ripped out, everything needed to be redid, the defense is in bits, everything's crap. Um, where they're talking about changing little things. I, what really intrigued me as well when Adrian Amos was asked, he said, you know, there's plenty of similarities between what Barry's defence looks like and what Mike Penton's defence looks like, which to me was, that's pretty shocking in itself. And then he's saying it's it's not a big transition. And again, he talks about the little things being changed. You know, it's, there's not a wholesale change here. And that's what we were basically saying at the beginning. We thought, well, I thought that they'd hit a home run in, in the front office because they'd kept the team. They'd mm. built the team around Rodgers. They'd given him what he wants in this. Well, obviously they didn't, but hopefully they will give him what he wants, you know, to give him a seat at the table or whatever he needs or listen to him give him a give him one of those shrinks couches in the office that he can go in and give his musings <laughs> to Goody right right yeah yeah just tell me how you feel how did that make you feel um, but it's that sort of thing of if if we if this is still the case and to me leaving aside all the huff and bluster that came along with Rogers because I still don't know what he wants uh, in the sense of if that's all he wants great we can, surely you can give him that but looking at the big picture. I still think they've built this team around Rodgers and given him what he needs to take that extra step. I think the big key, and I think we're, we're going to move on to it, you know, we talked about it in pre-prod, but how's Joe Barry getting on? Because that's mm. the sort of the unknown at the minute. And, and to, answer, to, to go back in the long-winded way of answering your question is, did Petten get it right? Or, they, or is this team built with this amount of, um, you know, motivation behind it? I actually think this came last year. I actually think mm. all he's done is to allow it to keep cooking. And I think that everything that's just after happening is probably going to give these, G them up even more, motivate them even further, be it motivate them to realise they've all got lots of access to Rind and they want to prove themselves, or just from last year going, we want to move on from there. We, we know we can do that. And I actually think what's coming out of this, the thread that's come out of, of the pressers, is that they actually have all the belief they need. I was worried yeah. that they wouldn't have as much. Well, Daryl, like to me, what it's ha- what's happened is whether it's by design or by coincidence or a bit of both, and it's always tends to be straight down the middle, a bit of both. Even though I do tend to give Gudukuns a lot of credit because I think he focused on character, guys. I think mm. what we have here is is like what you said. I mean, the, the foundations for this were built. You know, the minute Matt Lafleur, the, the minute his bum hit the seat. Um, in the sense that you know, and that there's another decision as well that like, oh, Murphy won't stop talking; he's clueless. And then look what he did you know and i just i i think that fans are are very quick to go against the, the higher ups i'm not saying they're perfect and i have to keep defending that because the minute you say i'm going to go about the front office and all of oh, a sudden yeah, you're yeah. accused about having family members there but to me 
like Joe Barry seems to be doing a fantastic job now it's all talk yeah. it's all talk right now and Rashan Gary has been singled out by Preston to say that he's going to make a massive impact this year it seems to me that all of the players even the ones in sort of you know precarious situations where they could be turfed out at the end of the year they all seem to have bought into this thing of they don't really care if their personal stats have gone down Preston for instance his stats were in the dump last year. Yeah. Um, and he was saying all the time, like, they keep putting me in coverage. Like, what do you expect me to do? So even he was saying kind of, but he said there in this press, he was like, I don't really care about personal stats. Cobb said the same. He said, I'm just in here to do a job. I'm not here to take anybody's, you know, bread off the table here. Uh, you know, if they want me to do big things, small things. He said, I'm just a very small piece of a very big puzzle. Let me hit you with this as well. Look at the players with something to prove here. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, right? Because he's coming back. Uh, he's potentially getting turfed out next year. And you know, there's a whole, the whole intricacies there. So, you know, he's going to be trying to... Because we saw him with a chip on his shoulder last year. He went out of his way to get the MVP. And he went on that campaign and he did and he got it. So does, he's not going to change that tack. Devontae Adams, you know... He spoke about where he's not going to focus on his contract now. So, I mean, he's he wants a new contract. It might not be in yeah. Green Bay. He's probably going to wait to see what Aaron Rodgers does. Kevin King, injured again. Uh, Tanyan and Lazard, they keep signing these tenders, which is unbelievable because Tanyan, you know, tied the franchise record for touchdowns. He did five consecutive games with touchdowns. MVS is in his last year. Again, a guy who's singled out by Aaron Rodgers to say, this guy who seems to have got it off the field. It's the same with Alan Lazard. So, like, between the defense, there's players on defense, there's players on offense, the coaches, the new players being brought in, Randall Cobb's being brought in, Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder. Um, everybody, you know, be it for good or bad, believes that they literally you know, are going to fight tooth and nail to get into the big show. They have what it needs to do it. And also, Joe Barry is making a big impact. And don't take it from me. Yeah, it's, um, and Joe's defense is pretty catered for everybody to be, you know, good. I mean, be great at what they're great at. You know, um, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to be, be great this season and, and a return to the form from 2019. And I go out there and have high productivity and make sure that, you know, I'm doing my part for the team as well. And I feel like a lot of guys are going to shine in Joe's system. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to put his playmakers in position to make plays. And um, that's why, you know, I love him so much. So big indictment for Joe Barry, Darrell. Does that put too much pressure on him, do you think? Or do you think that they don't even think about that type of stuff, that this is actually a legit true juggernaut team and that they don't have to worry about that type of stuff? I'm kind of hoping that's the case. So if you flip that on its head and look at another uh, example of this, and it struck me when I was listening to that, a lot of them have talked about, and Amos the same, spoke about how... Um, He's give, they're given a lot more freedom. It's it's a lot more unstructured. They're allowing the players to do what they know what they need to do, and they'll do it. Yeah, that seems to be a big change from what Petten was doing, because if your system doesn't work and everybody has to stick to it regardless, well, there's going to be there's going to be problems there. I, it reminds me slightly of Joe Schmidt's Irish rugby team. Now they, they in the opposite of that is he was so unbelievably rigid You'd but the system really worked yeah yeah but it really worked so it kind of stifled a lot of players some players didn't like it some players left because of it like Simon Zebo obviously didn't have a great relationship with him because Simon Zebo is the type of guy who you kind of need on a team because they add flare. that bit of flair yeah, that if, yeah. it, if it appears he will take it mm. I don't think Petten allowed them to play that way in the sense of if they're playing and the system is crap the system remained crap even if they could have found a way individually to do something to break out of it now defense is slightly different in that sense as we all know it has to have some level of structure or it will not work but it's interesting to see that if joe barry has them drilled as to this is the end this is what we need you to do how you go about doing that is your own business and i like that i like the sound of that and if it works 
obviously it'll be proved right and that's the way to do it but why not I mean you can micromanage a defense but if you don't have the best players in the league in that defense that system's not going to work the flip side of that is you can have the best players in the defense but if they're not allowed to do what they think they should do well then the system's going to fall down so I'll be really interested to see if he's if Joe Barry and he seems to be a breath of fresh air yeah for a guy who isn't fresh um and I'm I'm excited by it because everyone is Put it this way, I'd be more concerned if everyone was going uh, a bit confused, we need to settle down, a few things we need to get right, we still need to understand this. They're not saying that, they're saying we get it. It's not a million miles away from Pettens, but we have the freedom to do what we need to do. That sounds great to me, because it means the players are buying into it. Well, we're used to this in Green Bay, aren't we? I mean, look, they, they yep. like it was notorious for like best player on the board, and they'd bring in Marius Randall, and then they'd play him at a position. Um, you know, they claim Matthews in there, but then for injury reasons and everything else, they st- keep flipping him from he was the inside, then the outside, then the inside again. And then you look at his stats, and he's more productive elsewhere. When Petten came in, he said that he likes when guys are chirping more and they're talking more because if they're not talking, they're kind of not confident enough and they don't know where they are in the scheme. Whereas when they mm. start talking to each other and shouting stuff out, well, then you can see that they're aligning themselves. So, you know, we don't hear that, as you say, this time no. around. It's more like, and as well as that, I'll tell you what, this is the biggest indictment of Joe Barry as coming in as promised. Now, not as promised by people just literally doing the lazy research stuff of mm, yeah, yeah. what's his win record. They did the same in yeah. Matt LaFleur, remember? That's, it's very lazy. Yeah. Isn't I mean, it like... It, 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 again, if if you've got if you're playing with turds, that's what you're gonna get. You know, if you've got crap teams, it doesn't matter how good your system is if the mm. players aren't good. Yeah, and it's as simple as that. And that's that's seemingly what we heard about Joe Barry's past teams that the talent was severely lacking, um, and the defense again, absolute flashes of brilliance last year. Uh, yep. You know, came up in the clinch. Kind of uh, against the books, uh, you know, fell down massively as well. I mean, it, it seemed to be sort of peaks and troughs as well. But those, you know, at the end of the game, they really stepped up. And um, we seen what happened two years ago. But Aaron Rodgers came out to Ireland said that, you know, they said to him, "Look, it's early doors." But is there anything that you're seeing from Joe Barry's defense? And he said, "Yeah, like even as, you know, a quarterback of his talent." Of his years, and we all know he's, uh, you know, just waiting to put on that gold jacket. Even he yep. said that he was confused. There was one time he'd pull up, he'd, he'd have to, he'd pump fake, but not deliberately, and he'd see a player just flash from the corner of his eye, and he knew he couldn't make that pass. So much so that he pulled uh, Darnell Sauvage aside Sauvage. Um, after practice and just said, "Here, well, what were you doing? Yeah, you know, what was that about?" Because yeah, yeah. he didn't understand how someone in that coverage would make that play. So that's really promising. Um, as well as that, an interesting thing as well uh, is, is Stokes. When they were talking about Stokes, did mm. you hear that where they said to him, yeah, yeah. you know, why are you targeting Stokes? An awful lot. He's getting an awful lot of attention. Is it, you know, did the D coordinator tell you to do it? Um, is it because he's a rookie? Is it because he's mostly on Devontae Adams? And Rogers again, super candid, loving his interviews, uh, just said it's, you know, it's a little bit from column B and C. It's the fact that if you're on Devontae, you're going to get a look. And if you're a rookie, well then, yeah, I'm going to test you because on the other side of the ball, we've Jair Alexander, Daryl, who has remained to be highly respected and an absolute beast and his confidence is still at an all-time high, as we've seen from his presser. And yeah, and it was interesting from Rodgers as well that if, again, he's he's very set in his ways. He wants his system the way he wants it and he wants the players to be in the positions he wants them in. But it's yeah. interesting to think that he isn't as set in his ways as I thought, that he's willing to look at these guys making these plays and go, well, hang on a minute, what are you doing? Now, if that's that's just more weapons in his arsenal, surely. If he's got more options and he's willing to take those options, this could be pretty exciting. Now, if this all, let's just say, if the wheels fall off the wagon this coming season, don't re- listen back to this podcast. In fact, don't oh, look yeah. it up. No, but don't, I mean, look it up. a true point too, because what have you heard about Rogers? That he's he's rigid, 
Um, he doesn't accept change, but yeah. he's really showing a softening. One of the yeah. trends that hasn't been picked up, and I suppose because no one cares, but one of them that sort of flagged at me as a family man is the fact that, like, he mentions Cobb, but mentions him as a family man and he has two beautiful kids. He mentions MVS and Alan Lazard and the maturity off the field. He's sounding very fatherly, but this was telling to me, and it was a great answer when he sort of spoke about ego and Matt LaFleur and drawing up plays and how, you know, how he goes against that image that he has in the press. Um, Matt does a good job of, uh, of communicating those things. We kind of throw our, our ego and our sensitivities out the window when we get in that room and, and uh, you know, whatever comes out is what's in the best interest of the team. So it's fun. I enjoy those conversations. I enjoy being proven wrong. I really do. You know, I'm, I'm headstrong, but when I come in there and he goes, well, this is this, and I'll show you why. Look at this clip here. And I go, yeah, shit, that looks good. Let's do that. Matt LaFleur, Daryl, still seemingly because, he, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't at OTA. He's not that you do a whole lot there. Anyway, yeah, it's more yeah. for working out and getting a nice big fat paycheck. But Matt LaFleur, Daryl, he, he honestly seems like the real deal. I mean, there's an example of it where he's still getting Rodgers in. He's still proving himself to Rodgers, but he seems so well with the homework. Um, was that he's able to show Rogers stuff. But the, I guess the, the real relationship people are focusing in on is Goody, and this is what Rogers had to say. Aaron, somebody snapped a picture at practice yesterday of you and Goody talking, and I'm just wondering if the communication between you guys is, is the same, better, worse than it was uh, before? Uh, well, I think it's a work in progress for sure. I, I mean, I think, you know, relationships aren't formed uh, in a matter of a couple of days. You know, there's there's time where the respect grows and the, and the communication follows. You know, I think the, the greatest relationships that you have, you know, with your friends and loved ones involve conversations that flow. You know, you can not talk to a close friend for a few months and pick up right where you left off. You know, there's no break in, in communication. There's no... Um, forced conversations or you got to hit this person up because it's on your to-do list that day. You know, it's all about wanting to have those, those conversations and, and wanting to, uh, you know, to be in conversation like that. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we've had a couple conversations and been positive conversations. So a faff answer, Daryl, or something you think it's a genuine thought? I think it's a bit, a bit of faff, bit of both. Uh, I think he's basically saying it's, it's grand. Yeah. Just stop talking. It's about all right. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm, sp I'm speaking to him. Yeah. Doing what he has to do. I mean, it's the same as it's what I read from it as well. It's like, look, there's nothing anyone can do at this point. You know, no. it's it's. but what I think as well, Darren, I've been kind of thinking about it. I, unfortunately, like whoever wants to fall down on the side of Rogers or the organization or whatever, either way, I, I think it's probably got to the point where it's, you know, it's like that amicable divorce almost where you kind of accept the damage that's been done by yeah. both parties over They're time. They're there for the kids. Just stay yeah. for the kids. But that's what it is kind of, you know. And, and you it's look civil at for the kids. And I think Rogers. it's unfortunate because we've seen Rogers sort of mature and develop into a, a nice, mellow, um, you know, sort of... He's always been smart, obviously, but I don't know. He just seems different. And I've, I've said this to Rob every time I've had him on the podcast for the last maybe four years now. Of that, do you see a change in him? And he said, yeah, he seems kind of more 
willing to have fun because that was always the comparison between you know Rogers and Favre was that Rogers mm. was uptight uh, he'd hold a grudge like a microphone and then you have Brett Favre who be the guy you'd want to go on a road trip with he'd fart and drink beer and have fun and throw interceptions but god damn it it was fun to watch so now Rogers he hasn't gone into the reckless interception zone but he's <laughs> let's let's not go there you know no. don't 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 emulate him too much yeah but I'd agree with that in the sense that and this is what I was going to say <clears throat> you know we asked Rob the last time has he damaged his legacy? Mm. And Rob, and we all agreed at the time, at this point in time, at this very moment in time, if this was the end, yes, he has. Yeah. But we did talk about, you know, w- would it continue to damage his legacy if he came back? And we all, I think we all came to the conclusion, well, it depends on how he behaves when he mm. comes back. Um, if he comes back. And he is back and he's behaving really well. And he seems to be coming across as very mellow. He's not an old dog. Like, if you look at the way Favre went out, he crashed and burned. And, you know, he yeah. basically, he stuck, whilst he might have been fun on the road, uh, when he blew up, he continued and he went and he left that way because mm-hmm. his ego was too big. He wasn't willing to back down. He was going, I am Brett Favre. I built this city. Yeah. Um, you look at Rogers, he's saying all the same things, but now yeah. he's come back and he's gone, well, I actually can change. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to this, and you know, just his whole his attitude, he's mellow, and he's showing that he isn't just a giant ego, which I think he needs to be careful of because that's what people were assuming with his throwing all these toys out of the pram. Yeah, uh, but but this is what we said all along. We haven't heard from him, and that's why when Stephen A. Smith came out with his nonsense, it was like, well, what have you heard? Because we haven't heard from. Him. But look, it it seems the way of kind of like it has that sort of not defeat his attitude because I think he's had a pretty good attitude over the last while, but it seems like. If we got the Aaron Rodgers of now and that attitude a couple of years ago, well, then I think the Packers probably would have reacted an awful lot different. I think you had two big egos and you still have two big egos um, going up against each other. But see, the bottom line is, is that Aaron Rodgers has had no leverage, but he certainly has all the leverage next year because if they can break the contract, then he kind of can too. And, you know, the rumors in the background is that he can kind of decide what he wants to do. Mm. And well, then next year is when he can sort of say here, you know, it is what it is. It's honestly like having, you know, a good guy or a, or a good woman that sort of matured over a relationship with too much damage has gone on. You know, he insulted her parents or he went off and, you know, went off to a nightclub and kissed some young one. You know, like if you look at him now and what he's learned after doing all of that, he's a good guy now, but all of the stuff that's gone on has kind of damaged the relationship and it's never really the same uh, between the two people. And that's what I fear um, has mm-hmm. kind of happened here is that, you know... Well, I think we spoke about it as well and we alluded to the to the Messi situation, which obviously has come to the fore again, and Messi has finally left Barcelona. Now, mm. this is a completely different set of situations, different set of circumstances, obviously, but the it is a bit like that where Messi threw his toys out of the pram last year and said, this is broken irreparably, I want to leave. Yeah. Um, and they went, you can't. So it's a bit like that here. But he's laid the groundwork for saying, by the way, next year though. So in other words, I've calmed down. I understand I can't break my contract. I'll stay, whatever. Your relationship is fine. Everything's fine. I love this place. But he did lay the groundwork for going, but you do know that next year, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing again. And I have a feeling that we're still there with this. This is a case of Rogers just laying down the groundwork for what's going to happen again next year. And I guarantee you there won't be any blow up like there was this year, next year with this, because they've both set out their stall. The contract, as you say, is going to be amended, but it's going to be amended mutually both of them are going to do this it's not going to be it's not going to be unilateral amendment by rogers trying to break it it'll be both sides going right we both know what we want yeah so let's just tweak it and i have a feeling rogers will be a free agent well not a free agent but he'd be free to do what he wants to do yeah i mean there was you know look it was painful for the fans and you know an awful lot of people still don't exactly know or understand what's going on us included Uh, but certainly what it does is it sort of resets to say all right 
let's run it back once more and just see what happens yeah. here. Now, I don't know what happens and it will be an unbelievably sad moment if they do decide to part ways because, yeah, yeah. as I've said all along, there's no way you replace Aaron Rodgers. Um, and again, you know, if there was a way that they could figure it out that once they get to next year, if we do make the big show or if we do win it or if we do crash and burn for some reason, um, you know, he's been an incredible player and I've really enjoyed his insights yeah. um, lately. You know, he's really given us a good look into it. And it's like... You know, it's like what Jordan Love said, that he's the Padawan, you know, he's looking at Aaron Rodgers and he's just trying to f take it all in. And from what he said, that there was stuff that Aaron's saying that I didn't get when I was looking at Favre and, you know, I tried to pick up on and stuff. There's some stuff you just can't teach. It's like what Mercedes Lewis said in his presser. The heart, the soul, the, the fight to put someone on their neck. You, you can't teach that. That just comes no. innate to somebody. And, you, you know, Roger said that about Favre. Is that he looked at, he's a Y guy, he said, you know, he looks at Favre and sees the stuff he was able to do. And Favre might not even be able to explain it to him because he just does it naturally. And Roger's just, mm. he's just one of those freakish athletes. The once, the generational talent, like what you said, Messi, one of those guys that no one can truly understand. And unfortunately, with geniuses like that, you get complexity and, you know, the complicated fella thing and all that. But yeah, of course you get it. And at the end of the day, you know, it just, it's been incredible to watch. And well, that's the thing. And that's what I was going to say. For us fans, whilst this situation has been a bit of a circus, it's not boring. No, this is exciting stuff, and you don't get this with any other types of player. This is the kind. This is what you get. This is part of. Yeah. It's part and parcel. You want to watch? Did you want to watch this unbelievable stuff on the field? Well, it's the kind of crap you got to put up with at home. It's so. it's sad though, Daryl. A bit. I, I'm kind of yep. getting a bit. I went from being sort of angry at the situation of both parties killing each other to now thinking that you know the final dance picture Rogers put up, and as much as they were trolling the fans, and it really annoyed me. But there's an air of like excitement, but also sort of a, a shroud of sadness. It is a bit sad. Thing, it is know? a bit sad. Yeah, because it it is unraveling before our eyes and it's the only thing is it's like a very slow car crash you're getting to see the end of the era before it ends yeah. so hopefully it won't hurt as much when it does come in about a year's time yeah I, I think the best thing that really sums all of this up was a quote that came out of a presser you probably wouldn't have expected it um but again i i think when it, it something ties everything together like this um I think, you know. I think John Madden once said two cheeks equals one hand. I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry, hit the wrong one there. Sorry. Oh, uh, I think that's probably the right one. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so look, it is what it is. Anyway, I don't think there's much more to delve into. The lads are in pads now, and there's some interesting stuff going on. Preseason's coming up. We're going to see Love out mm -hmm. there. We're going to see the pressure on him. We'll talk about that. Um, but again, Daryl, never a dull ma a moment in Green Bay. The lads, what they're saying on the podium has been great. The sort of little tidbits that we see about Rashawn Gary taking leaps and stuff like that. But all of it are kind of moot points until we actually see what translates to the field. Yeah, but either way, I think it's good. I was more, I was worried about this presser. You know, is the thread going to be uncertainty? Is it going to be mm. downbeat? It's not. Looks all it's in. It's just as good. As, it's it's. It looks like these guys are going all in. Yep. That's how we never leaving you in the off season. Uh, the Patreon raffle is coming up soon, which is patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. And again, there's a kind of a new system. I haven't said it anywhere else and I kind of alluded to it on Patreon. But what I'm doing now is, is that I've switched to still doing the draw for Patreon. You still get your free t-shirt after six months, but also one of the patrons who's been a patron for, for longer and, and hasn't seen success because I do track all of the people who win. Well, then each draw now, I'm going to just guarantee and send out a good prize to you. So there will be one of those in the draw that's coming up in August uh, one of our lucky patrons who's been subscribed for a while but hasn't seen success he's going to get some absolutely banging merch uh, so do keep your eyes peeled for that if you want to get involved go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers the more people we have there the bigger the draws get that's just how it operates one feeds into the other uh, but from myself at NFL, from the group at UK Packers and from himself at Daryl J O'Brien on Twitter it's goodbye for this week <laughs>